Shalom, this is Yehudi Feldman. We're doing Mishlei Unit 23. And this we'll do from Perik Chakimu Pasuk Tedvav till the end of the Perik. B'ni imchacham libecha yismach libi kam This is a father talking to his son or a teacher talking to his student. If I can succeed in putting wisdom into your heart, that's going to make me rejoice as well. And of course, you have people have to realize how much effort it requires on the part of either a father or a teacher to successfully implant wisdom in the child's heart. Clearly, in mean the kidneys, but in the Tanakh, they basically mean your innermost being, like bochen, kleot, valev. So the father is saying, and the greatest joy will come when I hear straight things, right things coming out of your lips. When you speak and say the words of wisdom, nothing can make a parent more proud than hearing their children speaking words of wisdom. Do not be envious of sinners, no matter how successful they are. Instead, try to concentrate on Yirat Hashem all day. Think, put your head in that direction. Envy never gets anyone anything but pain. Because you have a future if you follow the words of wisdom and you will always basically have hope for an outcome of success and of a good life. So obey what I'm trying to tell you, my son. Get wise, and furthermore, keep your steps straight. Keep your heart on the right path. Don't join people who are drunkards and gluttons. This phrase, of course, is the basis of the Ben Sorer Umare Parsha in Devarim Perak Chafalaf at the beginning of Parshat Kitese. You know, the name is Sorer Umare Einenu Shomea Bekoenu Zoleo Visove. Now, you would think so, what is so terrible about someone being a glutton and a drunkard? that things would get to the point that the parents would bring them to the court and ask for a judgment that would possibly lead to the death penalty. The answer is that, number one, children who proceed to continue on the path of gluttony and drunkenness eventually impoverish the entire household, and everyone who is in it ends up walking around in rags. 
because the children who are sleeping all the time can't do any work to support the household once they're walking around in a stupor from drunkenness. Interestingly enough, the Drash Vayikarabha sort of turns this around a little bit and tells a great story after going into all the bad things that wine does to people. And this is going to be resumed in the seven-verse cluster at the end of this chapter. It talks about how it was the father who was the drunkard, and the children wanted to basically get the father to Alcoholics Anonymous because the cost of the father's drinking was impoverishing the household. And on top of that, they felt that they would not have any inheritance left. So the three sons of this particular father decided they're going to really sober up their father once and for all. And when he gets really once dead drunk, they take him and they throw him into a cemetery, thinking when he wakes up and he sees all the gravestones and the tombstones, that'll sober him up for sure. But what actually happens is he's, you know, as he's waking up in a cemetery, the Romans are, caravan is, uh, soldiers are coming, and there's also people smuggling in wine, and the wine smugglers see the Roman soldiers and drop their barrels, just run for their lives, because they want to basically avoid getting caught, and the barrel rolls into the cemetery, and when the daddy wakes up, what's going on? He's got a barrel of wine right next to him with an open spigot, and as he wakes up, he said, look, Hashem really took care of me. Now I can proceed to drink some more. So when the sons finally get back to the cemetery, they see the empty barrel with their father dead drunk all over the place, and they decide, you know, something even there in the cemetery, Hashem took care of you. So, you know, we're going to have to take care of you. And somehow they work it all out in the end. It comes to a happy ending. But the point being that alcohol has a subversive way of upending families and causing all kinds of terrible tragedies. People don't realize what the bill for alcoholism is in the United States of America. Now, that's basically what led to prohibition in the first place. We saw that prohibition was a fiasco, but one success did come out of prohibition. The nation as a whole drinks a great deal less alcohol per person today and since prohibition ended than it did before prohibition was instituted. So somewhere, some good came out of it. People began, even then, though, alcoholism is a really major problem. And, uh, the, and, and the end of this chapter is going to bring it out even more. Shema la'avicha ze yiladecha va'al tavuz ki zakna imecha. Shema la'avicha ze yiladecha means asher yiladecha. It's like am zuga'alta l'viyatan ze yasarta la'sachekpa. Once in a while, the word zet means asher. In fact, perhaps that's the best way of explaining the puzzling verse cited again and again in the Haggadah. It might mean, and that's what you're telling your son, that all this is being done. So the son is being told 
that always listen to the Father who, who basically brought you into this world, who brought you life, who gave you life. And no matter how old your mother is, don't scorn her, don't put her down, because this is what Kibbut Aviyam is all about. Kibbut Aviyam is not a mitzvah for little kids who are not even at the age of mitzvah yet. Kibbut Aviyam, according to the is basically a mitzvah for grown-up adults to take care of their elderly and helpless parents. That's why it's a mitzvah asay. Most people think, what does that mean? Lo lo But then it wouldn't be a mitzvah asay. It would be a mitzvah lota aseh. Basically, the aseh is to get up and help your parents when they are no longer able to take care of themselves. And the Pasuk 22 goes into 24 and 25. In other words, 23 is a separate unit. And I'm going to read 24 and 25. chacham The father of the righteous person jumps for joy, as does the person who gives life to a wise uh, child. Yismach avicha v'imecha v'tagel yoladecha. And the Midrash understands this to basically refer to Yitzchak, the simcha of Abraham and Sarah when he was born and, and, and to watch him develop into what he became. So I'm going to take a met altim kor chachma musa uvina and isolate it above this group of verses. And the basic meaning of it does not mean that a person can't earn their living from teaching chachma musa uvina. What it means is that a young person should do everything possible to acquire wisdom and never let it go. In other words, after you finish your schooling, that's no reason to stop learning Torah. You have to continue doing that for the rest of your life. No matter what other obligations you have, you can never give up the obligation to learn Torah. And that has to be something that you put away time for every single day. If you let it go, it's as if you sold it. It's as if basically you did not value it enough to hold on to it. Now we're going to go on to verse uh, 26. Again, this is the father talking in the name of Chachma. Pay attention to me. You know, make certain your heart is given over to me and that your eyes watch my path. And, you know, or in the Ketiv, it's Tirzena, which means delight in my path. Either way, the Chachma is the thing you should be thinking about and not thinking about running off and fooling around with someone of the opposite gender. Understand that this advice to the young man to stay away from, you know, strange women could just as well be advice to the young women to stay away from strange men. Bottom line is, you know, do not engage in, you know, intimate relationships with people with whom you should not have such relationships. It's just a pit 
you can go and get swallowed up by the pit. And furthermore, it just grabs you like a bandit on the road. And betrayers are eventually destroyed. I'm reading Tosif, not to mean add, but to destroy. Like Pen Osifcha Imo in Shaul talking to the Kani in Shmuel Alf chapter uh, 15. Basically, this word could also have the root as self in the sense of destruction. And that's basically, I think, what it means here. It's sort of playing off the very last verse of the Perek, which talks about the drunkard waking up and asking for more. In other words, this is a beautiful Perono measure or wordplay that what you want more of is the thing that's going to destroy you. And both liquor and forbidden sexual relations have this way of once a person gets into them, they would just want more and more. And eventually, if they don't somehow break the chain, it's going to destroy them. And now comes Chida. At the beginning of Sefer Mishle, one of the things that Sefer Mishle promised to do was to teach Devrei Chachamim Vechidotam. We all know the riddle of Shimshon. This whole set of verses from 29 to 35 is essentially a riddle and the answer to the riddle. The riddle is, Lemi I, Lemi Avai, Lemi Midanim, Midanim, Lemi Siach, Lemi Pesaim Chinam, Lemi Chach Lulit Enayim. Now this is, you know, one, two, three, four, five, six Lemis in a row. Six different things that characterize drunkards and alcoholics. I, Avai, quarrels. Siachir mean kimirov, si si dibarti adhena, sorrow. Pitsayim, wounds that they get for nothing when they bang their heads up against the wall. And red or bloodshot eyes. That's the solution to the riddle. The people who spend all night long in a tavern sampling various different kinds of drinks. Mimsach basically meaning the vessels that the drinks are poured out of. You know, bring on more and then another one and then let's try something else and so on and so forth. Now comes one of the psukim that really is famous about wine, probably the most famous pasuk, you know, all say from Mishle, which talks about wine a lot. Midrash, again, really has a good time with this verse, because, you know, don't Ogle wine as it gets redder and redder and makes the glass itself seem to be turning or viewed as red. And the the Bedrash uh, points out that, you know, there's a Korean exive, kiss and coast. Your pocket disappears from paying for all the liquor. And the coast itself dis, you know, disappears because you're drinking it. Now here, remember, we have the word Meisharim, several psukim up. That was the standard meaning of Meisharim, doing the right thing. 
Well, Meisharim has another meaning in the Tanakh, perhaps related to Tiros. In Shira Shirim, V'chitek Kiyayin Hatov, Holech L'daldi L'Meisharim Dolvev Siftei Yesheinim. That probably has the meaning of Yashar in the sense of straight up. In other words, the person, you know, the wine just flows right into your throat and before you know it, you know, you're flying, okay? You know, it just flows so smoothly, but don't think about that because it won't be too long. Acharito kenachash ishach v'chetzif oni yafrish. Acharit, as I said before, means the future. In the end, the wine bites like a snake. And it basically, and then what happens? The, the venom of the snake, which is released when the snake bites you, will poison you. Enecha yeru zarot, v'libucha yidaber ta'apuchot. Once you get enough alcohol into you, you see anything. And your heart will start talking things that when you find out what you said, you will be ashamed of. You know, from that comes the word mahapecha. Why, you could get enough liquor into you, you'll sound like a revolutionary. You'll be rolling back and forth like someone lying in bed on the high seas and and on, on on top of the rigging, the very top of the of the uh, of the rigging of the, of the sailboat is the one that shakes the most when the wind starts blowing around the sailboat. So you'll this is what happens to a person who's got too much alcohol in their system. The next thing that happens is he kuni valchaliti halamuni baliyadati. When I whack my head, I don't even know that I whacked it. When somebody whacks me, I have no knowledge of what happened. Why, as soon as I wake up, I'm going to go after it all over again. I'm using now the Jewish Publication Society's 1985 translation in order to help with this really fabulous uh, set of verses. You know, that's one of the outstanding poetic descriptions, uh, all save for Mishlei, of wine, which is, we're not done with yet, We'll be talking about wine even in chapter 31. Vishle in general does not have as positive an attitude towards wine as the rest of the Tanakh has, and that's something to think about. A wise person limits very carefully the amount of alcohol that they let come into their body. Okay, that's it for today. Shalom. Tomorrow we're going to do chapter 24, verses 1 through 22. We're going to call that unit 24a. And the next day we'll do 24B, which is the rest of chapter 24, a subunit of its own, and an introduction to the, the third biggest unit of Mishle, which is Game Le Mishle Shlomo, that uh, takes up five chapters from 25 to 29. Shalom.